Welcome to the Northern Business Podcast. Each week we talk to people active in business and the economy about the big issues driving growth in the north of England. We're sponsored by Virtue Motors, one of the UK's largest motor retailers. You can check out its website at virtuemotors.com. I'm Graham Robb, owner of Recognition PR, and we help scores of businesses promote their products and services. Some are featured on this podcast. Don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. In the studio today, we have Alistair Gregg, who's the director of North Star Ventures. We'll be talking money and how you can get money into businesses in the north of England. And down the line is Matthew Stevens. He's a property developer by trade with 25 years experience in the market, but he's also president of the Barnsley and Rotherham Chamber of Commerce. And later, my colleague Joss will be speaking to Joshi Jin, co-founder of, of Wowser Box, which is a very interesting culinary business uh, based in Newcastle. Well, first of all, Matthew, welcome to the programme from Barnsley. We're proper taking it up today. Um, your business is involved in property, but Barnsley seems to be a town that's on the up. And it's always great to talk about towns on the up. Why do you think Barnsley's on the up? Yeah, good afternoon, uh, Graham. And uh, actually, I'm in Rotherham. I'm at our head office, the Chamber's head office in, in Rotherham, actually. But uh, we are the Barnsley and Rotherham Chamber. I'm proud to be the president. I'm in my second year of a two-year presidency. So most of my working life has been spent actually in property in Barnsley. So in answer to that question, yeah, Barnsley is very much on the app. Um, Barnsley has invested significantly in its town centre. It's had some huge uptake, um, particularly in, you know, in, in, in the growth of the town centre and the surrounding areas as well. And I think a lot of that has been down to the council putting their, you know, putting their faith in the town and uh, and building the you know the new glassworks development, which has transformed the town centre. Tell us but about actually, is, is actually the catalyst. Yeah, that is not. That's just one part of the jigsaw. You know, many moons ago, we developed a large private sector development, Gateway Plaza, which was the first part of the private sector getting involved in in, in Barnsley. Now, Barnsley, like many northern towns, uh, obviously has had its fair share of problems and knocks over the last thirty years, and there has been this initiative, uh, the Towns Fund initiative, over the last five or six years. It was maybe interrupted a little bit by COVID, but I've seen towns around the north getting receipt of towns fund money. How is that managed and, and, and how is it delivering change in a town like Barnsley? Yeah, so take Barnsley, for example. I'm, I'm privileged actually to be chair of the Goldthorpe Towns Fund Board, part of my role as chamber president. Um, I was invited to chair that board about three years ago, and that's been successful in, in being awarded £23.1 million from government from that Towns Fund. So, you know, I'm seeing how it's been spent. You know, it's got some real key projects and property regen stuff. There's some stuff around culture. Um, we've got some stuff around housing in particular, because one of the major issues is around housing particularly the quality of some of the housing stock, um, which is very poor. And we've got some, you know, some really exciting things happening in, in Goldthorpe, which is, you know, much needed investment. These former mining communities, which have been so you know, decimated really over the years, are really now starting to, you know, sign, show signs of recovery, thanks to things like the Towns Fund. Now, I, this podcast comes out of the northeast, Darlington, which... Uh... Uh, and Darlington is a is a town, not a not a city, and it's it's had a big injection of capital via a, a governmental um, uh, campus uh, coming into town, and it's also won various bits and pieces. And the other towns yeah. in the northeast Teesside area won uh, towns fund like Redcar, but quite often people don't live in the towns much more and and getting people to live near to shops and and getting uh, getting getting towns developed so that they're not just nice places to pop in and 
visit a charity shop, but they're nice places to inhabit and do more than just uh, vi visit for a couple of hours at the weekend. Yeah, I mean, much to, to be honest with you, much of that is is around housing growth. And, you know, Barnsley as a council and Rotherham, both the council, which I'm sort of working with very closely as president of the chamber, have got some really ambitious housing growth targets. And you're right, it is about getting people to live in these towns. Now, if you take somewhere like Goldthorpe, you know, significant variances in the market there. You know, you've got streets of houses that are boarded up in Goldthorpe, some of which are going to be repurposed as part of the town's fund and brought back into use. But what's really interesting is, and some of them are our members of the chamber, we've had a real huge in, up, uplift in, in the, the amount of developers wanting to build in places like Goldthorpe. I'm not saying that's directly as a result of the town's fund, but certainly the town's fund monies, which are improving the town centre environment and some of the educational, cultural things around it, you know, is having a knock-on effect. And there is that demand, you know, for housing in areas such as Goldthorpe. And you are seeing uh, towns now take ownership of the issue, particularly through independent traders. You know, for at least a decade, many of our town centres, as opposed to city centres, have been subject to big decisions by corporate holdings of large uh, retail chains deciding that they're exiting the market because retail's changing. And you are seeing, yeah. are you not, um, independent stores, people taking a punt on selling different things and creating more lifestyle shopping experience. Now, is that happening in South Yorkshire as it is happening parts of the northeast and northwest? What's really interesting is if you take, um, you know, we represent 1,100 members um, in both Barnsley and, and Rotherham and the wider South Yorkshire. If you take Rotherham as an example, Rotherham is in a very different place to, to Barnsley in terms of that retail. So Rotherham in one way has got probably certainly the largest, one of the largest of the metro centres one as well, one of the largest shopping centres in the UK, literally from where I'm sitting now, you know, two minutes drive away, as well as Parkgate, which is a significant town centre, uh, out of town uh, shopping centre. So the town centre is suffering. the Meadow Hall centre, are you? Well, Med Meadow Hall, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Rotherham's got Meadow Hall and Parkgate, so it's got a double whammy of impact on mm. the town centre. Barnsley is, is different because Barnsley has always had a really strong market there's been a market in Barnsley for, you know, best part of, you know, since the 12th century, I think it was back in the day, you know, so there's, it's always had that market traders. Now, what's interesting about Barnsley is not only has footfall increased over 30 odd percent pre-COVID since the town centre transformation, but what's really interesting for me is the amount of independence. Mm -hmm. So we're below the, the national average in terms of vacancies, which is a positive, and we are way, way ahead of the national average in terms of independence. So there's a lot of independent shops in Barnsley. Um, and you're right, and some of the larger brands have moved. Mark Spencer's moved out, but again, they've gone to the periphery. But, you know, the idea now is, is about repurposing. So Barnsley Council themselves you know, have recently acquired the Alhambra Centre. Um, they're looking at repurposing that. There's going to be a healthcare function there. You know, they brought healthcare to the high street in Barnsley and the community diagnostic centre in the centre of the Glasshooks has been an enormous success, uh, which I think other towns are looking to replicate across the country. Yeah, getting these services right is very important. The things that you have to come into town for, a health check, for example, um, and, and also the public realm, the, the way in which the pavements are laid out, the availability to put, put lock your bike up somewhere safe if you want to cycle yep. in, ability to park your car somewhere cheap and safe. These are very important elements as well as uh, proper, proper pedestrian uh, facilities. Exactly. And again, you know, within Barnsley, they're looking at there's going to be an active travel hub. Rotherham are doing something similar in town. They're trying to promote bike routes, bike usage and that type of thing in the town centre. So Now, let's talk about the chamber. Your chamber of commerce has 1,100 active members and those active members have this good. These are good data. A hundred thousand people are employed by the members yeah, yeah. of your 
relative, I mean, it's a relatively small area by population, and, and that's a, a very good uh, membership uh, role of uh, members of the Chamber of Commerce. Um, what, what are the big issues they face at the moment, privately owned businesses who are members of the Chamber of Commerce in South Yorkshire? What would you say? Well, I, 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 think, I think if you'd have asked me the question, obviously, over the last couple of years, clearly there's been issues, you know, obviously put, coming out of COVID, you know, there's clearly issues around, you know, export. Some of our businesses suffered, you know, in terms of export. Our own export business has suffered here, you know, has been a challenge. Clearly, the cost of living is a massive thing. One of the real big opportunities that we see, certainly as a chamber and with the anchor institutions around us, is buying local. You know, it's something that a lot of businesses are saying, look, how can we get to work with the council? One of the challenges that they're saying, you know, we're based in Rotherham, how do we get to work with the council? And we can, we want to try and help that process. And so I think one of the challenges that's clearly been, you know, things around export, around skills, recruitment, those seem to have eased. Some of our members two years ago were really struggling to recruit. We had members in Barnsley who had hundreds and hundreds of vacancies that they couldn't fill. That does seem to have settled down now. The labour market has settled down. But this clearly had a meeting this afternoon around skills, you know, construction skills. Still a lack of people getting into construction is, is, is a concern. But again, as a chamber, we work really closely with the colleges, see Barnsley College, Rotherham College. You know, I'm proud to be a governor at Northern College who are doing some really good things as well, which is an adult um, college, you know, which is based in, in Barnsley as well. Matthew, what do you think... Uh is the most common form of funding that your members will take will they go traditional route banking will they go a route uh, of you know uh, 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 informal finance family loans or, or are you seeing people actually scaling up by getting selling part of the shares to venture capitalists and that kind of a route. Well, what are you seeing as active in yeah, market down? We've got a real diverse membership and we've had companies that have had some MBOs, they've had investment from from you know from outside you know outside the region. Yes, it it's it, it varies really. I mean I do sense that the funding market is easing a little bit, but it has been challenging. Um, particularly over the last 12 months. And obviously uncertainty around things like interest rates hasn't helped. So I, I do find that the high street banks, you know, we used to have a number of members of the chamber who are high street banks, and we, you know, we have a couple now, but a lot of them, they're just not, I don't see them as open for business, really, which is a criticism, really. Well, look, it, it sounds from everything you're saying, uh, a really positive uh, narrative about what's happening in, in South Yorkshire and Rotherham and Barnsley. And I, I think it's, it's fantastic to hear it. And uh, can I just say the very best to you and, and congratulations on your own award last year uh, where you were given one of the awards. I've got, I've got it here somewhere. We'll, yeah. flash, it, we'll flash it on our screen. Um, and I just remind myself. Um, it was um, property developer the personality of the year. It was well yeah, done. Thank you very much. Well, yeah, I was honoured, and I think that uh, yeah, it was twenty years of hard work really to get that, and uh, potentially not that much recognition. But yeah, I think uh, it was really good to be honoured by my peers. Uh, I was very privileged, but yeah, thank you. Well, we're pleased to do, it. and do come on one of our podcasts again. It was great to hear the news from the South Yorkshire. Thanks, Matthew. Brilliant. Thank you. Well, let's turn now to Alistair Gregg from Northstar. Now, Northstar, your business is all about funding. What, what would you, what did you have to uh, think of what he was just saying about the the different ways in which those uh, kind of businesses were funded? Well, Graham, I think it's fascinating. We've heard all about um, you know building town centres. I suppose levelling up a term we haven't used, but 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 very much you know how do we drive prosperity in, in the north? I'm someone from 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 Cambridge originally who's been living in the northeast for uh, 17, 18 years, um, and I think you know complementing all you've discussed in terms of new retail, independent business, new housing, etc., culture. 
venture capital, I think, is a sort of key ingredient, a key sort of piece of the jigsaw puzzle that allows highly scalable businesses to get the funding they need um, to really grow, scale and become the kind of high quality, high impact employees of the future. Now, and, and that's what I think, you know, the, the North needs in, in spades now. I, I want to talk about some of the uh, solutions you've got to that in a minute, but let's just look at uh, a little, cast our minds a little back because you've released your environmental, social and governance report. It sounds a bit uh, trendy that I've got to say, Alistair, but it's showing that you have made a significant uh, commitment of capital to female funded and female led businesses. In fact, uh, according to my data here, it's more than seven times the industry average than, and you've done it here in the northeast of England. Was that a big task? It was a big task. I mean, and, and it's an ongoing task. And I think just to be utterly clear, you know, we, we you know, management is key to, to, to all of the businesses we, we back. It, it, you know, it's, it's key to, to getting the businesses to grow and scale. And we're always looking for a diverse team, to be honest, and that's, that's the ultimate objective. But there is no doubt about it. The pendulum has swung, you know, too far in the past. Um, you know, he, he, there's there's loads of literature on, on the technology industry. It is terribly male dominated. Mm. Um, and I think um, I think it's, you know, everybody understands now that a diverse team, both, you know, age, ethnicity, gender, having a good diverse team kind of helps with results, uh, helps to bring, um, you know, more experience, et cetera, around the table. So, um, yeah, we've been actively and proactively looking to bring in more diversity to our teams, but our ultimate objective is not all men, it's not all women, it's it's a good diverse team. But you have to sort of push the pendulum a bit to get to that point. Well, let's talk about uh, a, a good quality investment that you've made uh, by way of example of the kind of thing that North Star Ventures will get involved with. And that is uh, advanced electric machines. You raised around 23 million to help that company. That's well, yeah, I mean, this, this is this is really interesting, actually, and I think highlights um, a number of um, aspects of opportunity in, in the Northeast. I mean, one, one of my bugbears is that, you know, we, we hear a lot about about levelling up. Um, we hear a lot about the UK as a science superpower, etc. And yet we sit here in the in the Northeast uh, with our universities, some of them, you know, highly regarded research intensive Russell Group universities, but with very, very, very limited access to capital to commercialise the great um, academic base that, that that they have. You look at Oxford, Cambridge, the London, you know, any university in the Golden Triangle, you know, Oxford, for example, has 800 million available to commercialise its uh, academic base. We have close to zero in the Northeast, to be, to be brutally frank. So um, AEM is a very interesting example of, of a company that spun out of the um, engineering department of Newcastle University about five years ago. Um, so, you know, brand new concept then, a next generation electric uh, motor, which doesn't use rare earth metals. So, you know, really strategic for the UK. Um, and, um, you know, in, in, in quite a short period of time, it's gone from pure concept through various rounds of funding, uh, including quite a bit uh, from, from ourselves, to what's now a very substantial round for, for the Northeast, 23 million pound round that was closed a few months ago. And that is to, you know, expand their, um, their, their, their factory in, in, uh, in Sunderland, um, uh, diversify their product base, and they're sitting on, you know, significant orders from a number of uh, global um, brands. 
um, mostly in electric trucks to start with, but also looking at uh, electric vehicles. But, you know, a really interesting example of the kind of innovative technology that can come out of this region, a lot of it based on universities. And frankly, where that is, there's a whole lot more to come. And, and, and I suppose my, 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 big, my big plea is we need to do more to bring more capital to the region to take advantage of these kinds of opportunities. Now, you're doing this by launching three separate initiatives in the year 2024. Uh, let's go through them all. Uh, first is the North East Venture Fund. Have I got that right? Was Venture North. Venture North. North. Venture, Venture North. North. Yeah. Um, so Venture North is a collaboration with universities. And yeah. The concept behind that being? Yep. So we're, we're working very closely uh, in partnership with the Northeast Universities, uh, led by Durham and Newcastle. And this is to bring together their first real commercialization fund. So we're, we're trying to pull together a capital of about £75 million, um, which will be, you know, uh, their first significant sum that can drive future AEM type opportunities. Okay. I, mean, I know there are some some fantastic stories that have come out of universities. Cromec in yeah. uh, Sedgefield at Park came out of uh, Durham University. Yeah. And, and I, with, uh, my own firm is working with Animersion, which yeah. came out of uh, Teesside University. Yeah. Um, so uh, that that's a fund that's on its legs, it's starting to walk, is it? Are you, are you, we're, no, we're, we're, we're in the process of raising. We're hoping to get to a first close uh, this during 2024. Right. But, so watch uh, this space. Watch this space. Then. But we've got commitments from the universities themselves who are who have committed cash to, to, to the fund. We've got about 25 to 30 million committed so far, and we're trying to get to a first close of 50 million sometime this year. Okay, well, that's great. And the money for that will come from the city or institutional investors. Now, there are opportunities for private investors yeah. uh, to invest in other funds that you yeah. want to deploy in the Northeast. Yeah. Let's talk about the first one, the EIS one. Yeah. What, what's that that you're launching? So, I mean, our, our background has always been in raising money from institutional investors, and that's what we've been de deploying for the past yeah, 15, 16, 17 years, and mostly sort of quasi-government sources of funding. Um, we, we've just, at the same time, we've, we've often co-invested with angels when we've done specific deals. So quite often with our own funds, we've brought in specific angels in alongside us in particular deals. We're now going the next stage in the sort of high net worth market, if you like, by bringing together our first EIS fund. So EIS, as, as, as you may know, um, is, 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 is basically allows very significant tax advantages to encourage um, high net worths to get involved in the early stage equity market. This is the enterprise investment scheme. Correct. Uh, yeah, give us yeah. the, let's tick off what the advantages are. If there's someone watching who has some disposable cash, and if interest rates are going down, they may have more. Yeah, yeah. But well, I mean, the, 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 perhaps the key advantage is you get a very substantial um, income tax relief by investing in 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 an EIS fund. So a thirty percent um, um, income tax relief. If it's a SEIS, which we'll come on to talk about, it's actually a fifty percent uh, relief. So and you know, really, reliefs happen at the point of investment. As well. They have at the, they happen at the po the point of investment, uh, and there are also you know very significant other advantages in terms of uh, the capital gains tax free. Uh, in terms of any gains you make through the fund. If things go wrong, uh, there are various loss reliefs that come into play. Um, there are also advantages in terms of um, inheritance, uh, uh, etc. So very significant tax advantages. We shouldn't underestimate the capital gains tax uh, yeah. uh, allowances because capital gains tax itself, the threshold is falling yeah. like a stone, isn't it? Yeah. They, they, yeah. You, people who don't expect to pay capital gains tax are now getting caught. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, and of course, yeah. if there is a Labour government, it hasn't been widely advertised, but there is a lot of talk about capital gains tax going up. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so you know, very, so you know, very significant tax advantages. But of course, it's not about the tax advantages; it's about the investment opportunity. Um, and and uh, you know, our, our first fund, which we're actually launching this month, um, is an EIS growth fund. So it's all about investing capital in the best regional scale-up companies. So companies in the, the clean tech and healthy aging sectors that are well into their commercialization journeys. They've got established management teams. They've got a, you know, a, a clear product market fit. They're scaling well. They've got revenue and they just need the next bit of capital to really scale and get to that exit point that brings a return. Let's remind ourselves what scale up is. It's growing by 20% a year or more. It's growing that state by for three years or more. And it's employing more than 10 people. So that, that is scale-up. So they're significant companies to watch, aren't they? They are. They are. They're, they're the companies. I mean, our, 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 we're trying to create, you know, companies, the, the scale of Sage, if you like. Uh, mm. and, and we would like to see, you know, another 10 companies, the, the sort of size and scale of Sage in region. Okay. Um, so you're aiming to create this fund and you said 75 million is your target for the uh, the venture fund. What about for the EIS? Well, with EIS funds, you you raise it on an annual basis. So we're raising somewhere between three and five million in this first fund, um, which we'll we'll be raising between now and the end of March, uh, and then we'll have that fund ready and closed by the start of the next tax year, and we'll be investing that the that fund during the course of the twelve months of of, of the next tax year. Now um, the final fund is the it's slightly more risky but maybe it's important as well and that's the SEIS startup yeah seed funding isn't it yeah well we won't have uh, you know further scale up opportunities if we don't continue to uh, invest in, in in the startup uh, ecosystem um you know we've been in, in involved in this region for for, for 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 many years we've got good relationship with the universities we believe as we've just already discussed there's a fundamental opportunity particularly through the universities but also through some of the institutes that are in region as well and so yeah the idea of the seis fund is about investing in very very early stage businesses first institutional money in uh, in order to take advantage of what is often a very um, significant growth in valuation point from that start point to the kind of stage we talked about with AM, where they, they they get to the point where they can raise you know twenty three million pounds from you know national stroke international investors. This SEIS one is is is, is a couple of stages before that to get the companies to that point. Before I round up on this from the company's point of view, let's just look at it from the investor's point of view. Yeah, if an investor is going to commit. Well, your minimum investment is twenty five thousand. Correct in the IS. So you say seventy five thousand pounds or more in one of these funds. Yeah. Um, the advantage of doing it through a fund rather than just talking to an entrepreneur and investing yourself. What's the what's the significant advantage? I think people underestimate the difficulty of starting and scaling and crucially exiting one of these companies. Uh, and the, the the important thing about investing with somebody like ourselves is we will be sitting on the board. We've got quite a lot of experience in going through the journey. Uh, we provide very significant support to the management team as they as they you know add talent to the business, as they find their 
uh, you know, their, their, their markets as they grow the company. And cru crucially, we're sort of alongside them, always reminding them about the, you know, ab about the journey and the fact that we do have to achieve a, a, an exit. Of course, which they, which they, which they want to do, but it's very easy to put off the exit to to a future time. And you've so got the mentorship as well. They, they're getting something from it by getting you on the board as well. It's not just nagging them. Correct. Now, looking at it from the point of view of the company. Um, you, you, what, what kind of investments will you? If you just look at the EIS one, start the scale up one. Yeah. Oh, what kind of um, uh, requests and applications will you be looking at and scrutinising? What, what numbers? Well, I mean, we we are going to. This is our first foray into the EIS market. We're, we're, we've deliberately gone for a, a, a relatively low risk initial fund. Um, so we already have quite a significant portfolio of, of, of businesses that have got to an interesting stage, like mm. uh, a, a, an AEM. Um, so we're going to be restricting this cash towards companies that we know very well. Either they're in our portfolio, or, or we know them through uh, partner venture capital firms. Right. Okay. So, so um, you know, it, 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 there's not going to be much of an application process from from the entrepreneur's perspective. We kind of, you know, have a pipeline of of options already, and we seed one, the startup ones. Is that different? that's that's very different? And, and we're, you know, we spend a lot of time via the team building our pipeline of early stage opportunities, um, both in the university context, but also uh, outside of it in in the broader sort of tech ecosystem. Uh, at any one point point in time, you know, we're sitting on a, a pipeline of several hundred opportunities, uh, you right. know, in the Northeast. Obviously, we're not, you know, actively involved in all of those, but we're keeping an eye on them. We're looking at the ones that develop. And at any point in time, you know, we've got a, a sort of a hit list of you know, 10 to 15 companies that we're sort of getting seriously involved and in. And what kind of lumps will you be giving them, these smaller ones, the startups? So, so you know, initially at the very early stage, it's normally a few hundred thousand pounds in a in a sort of pre-seed or, or or seed round, just to to and really what you're doing then is almost placing a a series of bets. You know, mm. you know that the failure rate in that very early stages will be quite high. These are high risk opportunities, and the idea with these funds is you you sort of place your bets if you like to start with, work with the companies, and try and double down on on the ones that are meeting their milestones, successfully commercialising. Uh, you know, demonstrating real progress. Okay. Well, just before we go, I'll go back to Matthew. Do you have? Are you working with funds like this in South Yorkshire? Is this because he's talking about money specifically for the northeast region here? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm personally not, but I, I am aware of funds that are in working closely with the unis. We've got obviously one of the great things that Rotherham's got is Advanced Manufacturing Park. You know, the MOC, which is partly in, you know the, the unis, Sheffield Uni are a lead on that. But yeah, you're right. There are certain things like that in in, in South Yorkshire, certainly. Well, look, Matthew, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Uh, thank you again. And th thanks, Alistair. And uh, I hope this fund goes off well. I'm sure it will. There's a lot of interesting things to invest in. In fact, our next piece is the kind of thing you might want to invest in. It's a new business uh, to do in the culinary expertise of the Chinese market. And let's talk to my colleague, Josh, who's been speaking with Joshy Jin, co-founder of Wowzerbox. Thanks, Graham. This week, I've come to Wowzerbox's factory in Team Valley. It's a really exciting startup that's bringing authentic Chinese cuisine to British kitchens. It's just hit 150,000 meals delivered. So we're going to have a little chat with Joshi Jin, the founder, about what this fantastic business is doing. So Wowzerbox has shipped out 150,000 meals in just over a year's time since we launched in 2022. And we achieved half a million sales. It's uh, unprecedented growth from our part, definitely. The Chinese food is the most popular choice when it comes to dining. However, 
quality Chinese food is not accessible to everybody. Now, with our methods, we can cover the whole mainland of UK to enable customers wherever you are, you can have a decent restaurant quality Chinese meal in as little as 10 minutes. So I think people are gonna love that. So after 150,000 meals, we know over half of it is from repeating customers and we have new customers on board every week. This shows the great growth potential in the future. So 150,000 meals is just the tips of iceberg. We are aimed to be the most popular Chinese food brand in the UK. That was great, Josh. Uh, we'll definitely be tasting some of that. Some of the staff at Recognition have already ordered from Bowser. Uh, it's a great, uh, great entrepreneurial activity, uh, and well done, Joshy, uh, for that. Now, if you want to join us as a guest on the Northern Business Podcast, feel free to get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks to our podcast producer Harry Sinclair and technical operator Robin Campbell. Join us next time for the Northern Business Podcast. Never miss an episode. Like, rate, and subscribe on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts.